Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. have spoken. They've delivered us a clear victory, a convincing victory, a victory for we the people. Yeah, hey folks, can you tell I'm happy? I am pumped, as are 75 million other Americans. But folks, this is Dumpty Dump, the show about the reality ducky drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the shiny new bounty hunter who is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the beaten up metal detector who is... Rosie Porty. And we are joined by the rusty, is it crusty old coin, who goes by the name of... Quinted Rainer. Uh, yeah, I was going to say crusty rather than rusty in homage to one of our favourite characters, Royfield. Ah, oh, you know what? You're always on it, smart and on it. Uh, and the last <laughs> part of this week's Anglo-Saxon horde, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumby Dum is from Joe Biden, James Brown, and those 75 million Americans and counting. Uh, but Rosie, if somebody else would like to sing us in a more traditional Dumby Dum, which actually follows the theme tune of uh, Barwick Green, or Barrett Green, sorry, um, how can that be done? If you would like to sing to Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105, leave us a message on SpeakPipe, or send us a text starting with Dum to 077 86 600 and uh, we should also uh, thank our social media supremos, Cosmo, for his podcast roundups, Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices. I'd like to hear more of those, actually, Roy, for some of her voices. And, of course, to Lucy V. Freeman. And whenever we get to that point of the podcast, Roy, it always reminds me of Desert Island Disc, isn't it? Our sort of Roy Plomley moment, isn't it, when we <laughs> mention <laughs> Lucy V. Freeman. <laughs> 
here but never forgotten yeah uh, absolutely here but never forgotten uh but unlike roy pumley she, she's not she's not dead she's actually very much still here still on oh, this yes. mortal coil uh oh, yes. on this week's episode we hear views from lady garf garf i love a bit of lady garf garf uh with a spoon our resident um psycho analyst i always get this wrong Psychiatrist. Uh, psycho. Our resident psycho. Of <laughs> the lower east west side. Uh, Glyn, full of love. Yay. Uh, Sarah Spielsbury, to the order bits. And Monty. Monty's back. And he's also got uh, stories. It's the reason why uh, he kind of uh, disappeared off the podcast, is old Monty. Uh, but first, it's a ta- It's uh, that, that new bit uh, of the show. It's uh, Amber and uh, her week in Ambridge. Hello. And on this week in Ambridge. Ruth has a brainwave. Booting out the father of your grandchild might cause bad blood between the parents. Ben's radio wooing has encouraged a group of night talkers. A name far too cool and exciting for a group of people who essentially dig for trash as a hobby. Our very own detectorist, Eddie Grundy, is up to his old tricks. Freddie has been convinced to run a talent show. But without our Joe and his trousers full of ferrets, it's going to look like slim pickings between Jolene's country singing and whatever it is that Bert Fry has to offer. Gavin nearly let slip to Kirsty the whole story. The net is certainly closing in. Kirsty's been convinced by the idyllic vision of an escape from the bustling metropolis that is Ambridge to join Philip in living in a swamp cave. Oh, thank you for that. First off, I must admit, I'm somewhat conflicted. Uh, anybody want to guess the reason why I'm conflicted? All right, no, but I'm going to so, tell you so, the reasons so why. So uh, Quentin and, and, and Rosie. American politics, it's got to be. No, no. Uh, oh. Some Somewhat conflicted uh, because here we have the Grundys yet again, or at least Eddie Grundy being all shifty. It felt all somewhat familiar. So it was comfortable, the fact that he was up to no good. But I did kind of equally wince at the same time. Didn't know how to feel about it. Uh, what do you reckon, Rosie? It's just a bit tired, isn't it, really? I mean, Eddie and his looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. We've been here a million times before. And the funniest bit about it all was hear- hearing from William from the first time in six months. And he's been tending to Joy's hedge, which I enjoyed hearing about. <laughs> uh, you miss William, Quentin? Um well, somebody tweeted where there's a will, there's a whale. And um, that's probably quite accurate, really. But in a way, I have sort of missed him. I agree with you. It was comfortable hearing them again. And I enjoyed hearing a well-established relationship in full flow. Um, there are two actors who really get each other and have a genuine relationship. So as much as I, well, over the years, pretty much can't stand Will... Um, I did enjoy hearing the dynamic again between father and son. And yet again, I mean, I know it's recycled the whole one day our luck will change. You know, when he said, um, us Grundys are going to get our time in the sun. We just need need that one find. Uh, this could be it. Uh, I've, I've got a feeling. You, you thought, oh, Eddie, you're kidding yourself again. You're never going to find gold in them hills. But he's going to try, isn't he? He's going to try just as long as he gets another uh, metal detector in his hands. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was pleased to hear them back again because it's been too long. Um, and it gave Will the chance to have a dig at the archers again, didn't he, when he sh- 
exclaimed, uh, you, you know what their marchers are like. Best buddies, when they need something, it won't take them a minute to turn. And, um, you know, the old class wars were, were back again in, in the archers. So, um, you know, in these times when we need a bit of comfort, you know, with Joe's, Joe's been elected, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge bit of comfort. But uh, in the archers, in the world of Ambridge, it was nice to have this comfort, hearing father and son again together. How significant do you think it is, uh, Rosie P, that Philip Moss has got a job to do at St Stephen's says to me that you can't be doing a job there. You know, the temple of moral rectitude and rightness in the village is going to get its comeuppance now, isn't it? We we can see that the end game. I think we can feel it and we can hope for it. So the fact that he's got, I think it's Blake and Kenzie working on the roof, sorting the flashing out, means that the the boys are now back in the heart of the village and questions will start to be asked about who are these kind of waifs hoiking around masonry. And I think one of the biggest scandals that could come out of this is a Borsetshire Echo headline, you know, Alan the Vic hires a gang master because effectively Alan hasn't done any due diligence. He's got St. Shula to just give Philip the job with no costings. And fundamentally what we know and what Jim knows is that Philip is morally corrupt and a bad person. And surely even the kind of dimmest person in the universe, i.e. Shula, who covered up for Rob when Rob was smacking hump saboteurs around. So Shula has got history and form of ignoring the signs of what a bad man looks like. But what I'm hoping will happen is that either Blake or Kenzie or Jordan injures themselves and somebody starts paying attention, questions begin to be asked, and it all becomes completely obvious as to what's going on. Rosie P, I have to ask you a question which has been vexing me. What exactly did Jim see into the soul of Philip Moss? I just thought it was Philip's attitude to history, basically saying we've got nothing to learn from history. It's just stuff which has happened before, which vexed Jim, which doesn't necessarily mean that he has a dark soul. It means he's an unfallen and an ignoramus, but it doesn't mean that he's necessarily uh, morally bankrupt, surely. No, it was the pricing. So Philip tried to do Jazz's extension at cost, And so Philip said to Jim, oh, we'll do you a really good deal. And Jim just didn't trust him. And Jim could see that there was something wrong with Philip's pricing strategy, is my view. This was just before, you know, the kind of truth began to emerge about Jim's history. But at the time, you know, he was fully on it. He saw Philip for what he is, which is basically a chancer, and didn't trust him. And fundamentally, his gut instinct told him, don't trust that man with the wheelbarrow. And I think other folk in the village are going to wish they'd been the same as him. You know what? You are so bloody smart. Because I'm such a history bore, what I latched onto was the fact that they were talking about history and forgot there was a whole business transaction. You're completely right. The quote came in way too cheap. I'm always right, Roy. You Just are. stick with me, kid, and I'll show you the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else significant happened last week in Ambridge? Mr Rayner, coming mm. over to you, sir. Well, we saw the full range of, of, of Philip, didn't we? Um, you know, we, we did. Saw him Flashes of temper, all sorts. Thre- yeah. Threatening, wasn't he? To A couple of times, he um, obviously they had the big bust-up. Uh, Gavin failed to attend the Gamblers Anonymous meeting, which I have tweeted about, I think, is a setup. 
I actually think we're going to find out that Gavin and Philip uh, set it up to further dupe Krusty. I have been challenged on this on Twitter. Somebody said, well, surely there would have been a scene preceding this. But, you know, sometimes they they drop these things in afterwards to say, you know, there might be a scene between Gavin and Philip saying, oh, we got away with that, didn't we? We've really convinced her. I think. Anyway, we shall see. Um, But, yeah, we saw Philip very threatening, I thought, um, throughout. He's he's the up and we saw the full, the the whole arc of his character, didn't we? Because, you know, at one point... um, when he was telling Gavin he was going to go to this meeting whether he liked it or not, he was, he was growling, wasn't he? He said, uh, don't you get it? You're doing this. We need it. I need it, uh, which I thought was rather nasty. And then he snaps at poor old Krusty saying, you think you know my son better than I do? And then in the next scene, he's saying, oh, oh, sorry, love, you you, you were right. I've been a, a, a moaning old, stubborn old git and you're right. Let's go to Wales. Witherspoon and, and and others would have, have a field day, I think, uh, with how Philip has been this week. But on a lighter um, note, we also had the nice exchanges between Linda and Freddie, didn't we? Um, planning or trying to plan the Christmas show, and her manipulative means of getting people to actually perform in the Christmas show or pantomime was quite funny. Uh, you, you got a sense that she got her, her own. She's like a she's like a, a parliamentary whip, isn't she? You reckon she's got a little <laughs> black book with everybody's sins in them? But she plays plays people. She said, you know, <laughs> Lily likes to dress up and show off, which I thought was was spot on. And she 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 knows how to play to people's weaknesses. She talks about manipulating, you know, um, Neil's sense of uh, village pride and public service. She said, you know. <laughs> manipulate that Fweddy and you and you get him to perform so that I, I enjoyed those exchanges as well I bet you uh Rosie is there anything else that we missed before we go into the caller in us well I think the only other kind of thing that came up was Ruth and David's horrendous parenting yet again and the reference to uh Toby you know Rosie's dad providing childcare. yes now, in my yes. universe if it's your child it's not childcare, is it? Like, do you pay yourself like five pounds fifty an hour as a dad? I don't think so. The way she said it though was that um, she didn't see him as part of the family, did she? She just saw saw him as somebody who could do a service for Pip. There was no sense that he's a, effectively a son-in-law, was there? No. I mean, what I'm looking forward to is Rex's revenge and Jimus coming back onto the scene and getting the tenancy agreement out and just destroying Pip. And the Brookfield crew, because they've treated Rex really badly. Toby doesn't care because he can manipulate his way out of things, but they've treated Rex abominably, especially after Josh dumped him in it with the fake trailer or whatever it was. And I just, yeah, I can't wait for kind of, yeah, Rex's revenge. That that, that lovely understatement, wasn't it, from Ruth reporting back to David, uh, that Pip said that uh, Rex was a bit put out. <laughs> <laughs> they just delude themselves, don't they? In a, in a way, this week I don't think much happened um, dramatically. It felt like a bit of housekeeping, really, tidying up some loose ends, just sorting, getting some ducks in a row. The only moment where you thought, oh, something significant was going to happen, when Gavin said to Kirsty outside the, the meeting that, um, in fact, he didn't have a gambling problem. He thought, oh, here he goes. He, he's going to spill the beans. Um, he says, I haven't gambled for a while. 
I, I don't have a problem. And then he said, uh, well, I haven't gambled for a bit. And he said, oh, he's chicken out. So that was the only moment I thought of drama, genuine, and, and a plot progression. But that was, uh, that was denied this as well. So I think it's been a bit of a housekeeping week. I mean, I saw a tweet from 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 Kerry, uh, pretty much Kerry Warbus, who pretty, pretty much summed it up. She said, today's omnibus is brought to you by holes in the ground, laminated signs, a non-gambling gambler and Christmas readings, which pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was supported by Pat Brown, who said, a run of fairly boring episodes can mean a sudden pow is on its way. We never know... We never know quite when, so hopefully Pat's right. So, yeah, um, not a lot happened, I didn't think, really, this week. Did you, Rosie? I think it's it's leading us into the, the kind of the dramatic fallout of a couple of storylines. So I think this week was a bit of a pause for breath, which is probably quite welcome given everything that's happening in the world at the moment. But I think the coming weeks, there are going to be some major plot lines coming to fruition. So the Moss brothers will have to face justice. Alish's baby situation is moving towards something happening there. So suppose it was, it was a bit like giving us a week off in terms of drama, but I wouldn't have too much of a sense of security because things are going to happen in the next few weeks. It's all going to blow up and I can't wait. It's got to be said uh, from the uh, Royful Brown uh, perspective of things. I love it when nothing happens on the arches. For me, that's peak arches, peak Ambridge. Let's bring it on. Hello, Ambridge3962. This show is nothing without your caller in Uh So here we are, it's Glyn, and he's out in the countryside. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Glyn here, sending this message from the actual countryside near, a, near some actual cows. So if you see hear some countryside sounds, they are genuine. Uh, on the archers this week, I'm, I'm finding that the storylines seem to be losing a bit of momentum generally and I'm wondering whether that's because we're now back to sort of almost normal style recording that the writers are still writing as if there are six episodes a week when there are in fact only four and so the stories themselves are taking in fact the same number of minutes but those minutes are spread over several weeks so we're sort of losing a bit of continuity. Interested to hear if other people are finding that. The other topic of the week, well, Eddie Grundy, working class hero or chancer, always looking for a shortcut way to make money. I think as regular Dumpty Dum listeners will know, I've always been in the second camp. And I think this week has illustrated that that's the way the writers have always seen him. Yes, if there was a revolution in Ambridge, uh, my money would be on Neil Carter and Mike Tucker have being the Ambridge Soviet leaders back in the day. And uh, I think Comrade Eddie would have been someone they would have taken out and shot on the basis that he was unreliable for the side. So, Eddie, there you are. There you have it. Thank you very much for the podcast as ever. Uh, best wishes to all Dumpty Dummers. <laughs> A cow is just... Um, pooing in front of me as I speak and uh, nice to uh, hear the news from across the pond I'm sure with a spoon is delighted with the election result bye see you spoon Leningrad is that what he was talking about in terms of the Soviets shooting badly behaving comrades blimey 
I'm not sure Neil and Mike Tucker would have been the leaders of the Socialist Pact. But anyway, I'm not, unlike you, Roy Field, an expert in Soviet history. I think Glynn was agreeing with us that no nothing much has happened this week. His view was more that it's probably because the writers are back in that zone of there are six episodes a week, and that's why things are taking a bit longer. But I loved the sound effects and the cow taking its kind of it's natural revenge to Glenn for calling in about the archers. <laughs> Hilarious. Mike Tucker, when he came in in the 70s, was a union rep. So he would be uh, part of the People's Revolution. He would be the, the, the Soviet, you know, the leader of the, the People's Soviet who, um, you know, would create merry hell because that's what he did. Yeah, well, would he have shot Eddie though? Gosh, that's a bit extreme from Glenn, isn't it? Um, I think the country airs got to his got to his head there, Glenn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that the first time poo's been mentioned on on Dumpty Dum? The no. cow is pooing. No, people have no? talked about shitty storylines. They have. Okay. You know, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's got to be the first live cow pat, though, isn't it? Surely landing on Dumpty Dum. You're, you're probably correct. You are probably <laughs> correct. So. Uh, Mike, Mike Tucker being a being a, a commune leader, I, I like the idea. I mean, I know you're, I know you're a big fan of, of the Tuckers. You miss them desperately, don't you, Royfield? You you want them back, come the revolution. Uh, I, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. It's just there's utterly no reason to take this family out of the village, and they've left the weakest character in. You know, it's just it, it makes utterly no sense. But aren't all right-thinking uh, listeners, Tucker fans, though? Well, they weren't that exciting, were they? And Roy <laughs> is nice. And if we get Lexi back, then Roy will come into his own. Mm. Rosie, we could have a proper dust-up here, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I couldn't Let's disagree with you more. Right, Mike and his missus were utterly fantastic. They had a great dynamic uh, between them, her being a little bit younger, feistier, and she actually made Mike um, a more agreeable character. And then there was Mike and Betty. I thought that was a really uh, wonderful relationship and is the type of marriage which you actually believed. No, I couldn't disagree with you more. I, I'm tempering what I say out of, out of respect for you, Rosie P, because as you said earlier on in this podcast, you're right about most things, but you're just wrong on this point. Let's agree to disagree on this one. Mm. Uh, Quentin, uh, you seem mm. to be playing the role of Switzerland in this. Um, you know, <laughs> throw off your neutrality, sir. Uh, declare an interest. I have to confess, I, I didn't really miss the Tuckers when they left. Um, suddenly they weren't there anymore. I, they, I was aware that they'd become silenced and I kept expecting them to come back, you know, as you do with some Archer's characters. And then you realise that was it. Um, I, I didn't object to them at all. Um, they had a bit of a grit, didn't they, I thought, to, to Ambridge. Um, I, I liked having them around. But I don't desperately miss them like, 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 like you do, Royfield, but um, I wouldn't mind them back. Let me just clarify. I wouldn't say I'm missing them desperately. I just think the village is poorer without them. Is the best way yeah, I agree. Uh, that, that, that I would describe it. I agree. I thought Glenn, I thought Glyn was, was spot on there about losing momentum. That's how I felt this week was what I just said about it being a bit of a housekeeping week. Um, and I hadn't thought of it that they're stretching out 
six is now compressed to four and therefore as a result it's being stretched out for longer uh, he's very shrewd is our Glenn, isn't he always shrewd mm. I thought that was a, a, a observation. great observation yeah as well yeah hadn't thought mm. about that at all at all because yes. we, we are missing um now we've gone from six to four episodes a week we are missing the sunday episode which was very obviously flagged up as a sunday episode a bit of cricket or dare i say nothing at all happening which gave you a, a real nice pause so i think glenn is right there is a, a pacing issue a, a rhythmical issue uh, with these amount of episodes so uh, well spotted sir it, it really does miss the old sunday episode it sort of rounded off the week nicely and set up the next week just as well i thought Bring back Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. Greetings, Dumpty Dum land. This is Sarah Spilsbury. Yay! The Grundies are back, and typically, as ever, with a get-rich-quick scheme. We're just waiting for them to say, this time next year we'll be millionaires. Okay, going after the Nighthawks, I'm just going to be imagining them in a sort of Batman-Robin costume. And it's been lovely to hear Freddie getting lessons from the master, i.e. Linda, but will he wind up using her own psychological hacks and getting her to be lured back into the Ambridge showbiz scene? Also, we often call out things that the uh, scriptwriters get wrong, so I'd just like to point out something they got right, which was uh, Freddie's COVID-proof plan for how this performance will, will work with um, small groups going and then having individual people at different stations throughout the venue because we use exactly the same model for uh, the museum I volunteer for and it worked great the three days were open before we had to uh, close down due to the second lockdown anyway keep safe all tarara bit oh tarara bit I love Sarah and I think she's completely right in giving Freddie a bit of praise for his COVID secure and Ambridge Christmas. Um, we haven't really talked about the Lily shenanigans this week. I find Lily incredibly annoying. She's cloying, she's interfering, she's boring, and she's dating trust. What is wrong with that girl? She needs to get back to university in some way, shape or form and get the trust out of her life ASAP. Do you think she's stopped stalking Vince? Is that all, is that all over? Yeah, I think she's moved on from mints. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not convinced. Not convinced about the mints. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think she's still deeply suspicious, isn't she? I think there's some more mileage out of that. She's, she's going to, she's going to meddle. I think still more there. In a strange, bizarre way, I'm, I'm sort of missing Russ. I, I loathe the man. I think I loathe him as much as you loathe um, Lily. Um, Rosie, but um, uh, he's one of those that, that stirs up so many emotions, doesn't he, amongst uh, listeners that he's, he's he's good value for for that alone, and it allows me to wheel out my uh, my 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 photo on Twitter of a of a of a slug with a with a train of slime behind it that I do like to use on Twitter, which I haven't been able to use for months. I'm hoping it's going to be the equivalent of Kerry Warbus's uh, log that she produces every time Adam opens his mouth. But obviously, that's <laughs> a very, very famous image. If I could just get a you know, percent, you know, just a, a, an element of her fame from that, uh, from my slug picture. But I need Russ. I need Russ on the program. Uh, but apart from that, I think he's 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 so dreadful uh, that he's 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 worth having on. So 
We need Lily to have Russ, I'm afraid, Rosie. Well, it was interesting because Linda hates Truss as well. Yes. So it just demonstrated Linda's strength of character that she recognises what a slime ball Truss is. But it is for, for kind of comic value. He is he does provide good value with his three temperature you know kettle yes. and his waffle maker and everything else he made Lizzie buy them before Lizzie had to then pay off the bailiffs to the tune of five grand. Remember that? Yes. Yes. You don't forget anything, do you, Rosie? Nothing gets past you. Steel trap mind. I, 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 I'm warming gradually to Fweddy. I think he's developing as a character, and I think the actor is getting more and more out of it, and I think they're writing better for him. Um, but I particularly enjoy when he has a poke at Russ, because he hates him, and he does it really well, uh, because he was contemplating, wasn't he, inviting him onto the Christmas show? And uh, Linda said, are you kidding? Seriously? Um, but he, he knew how he, how he could play him to get him on, play to his, um, his vanity. So that, that would have been fun to hear, actually. And would have been actually fun if he'd tried to persuade him to join the show and then just let him down, knowing all along that he was never, ever going to offer him a part. That, that would have been fun. So I hope he does, actually. Yeah, I hope he does um, offer a or make the imply is going to offer Russ a part. That would be fun to listen to. Is there anybody in Ambridge other than Lizzie who likes Russ? There isn't, is there? Jim doesn't like him. Linda doesn't like him. Freddie. Freddie hates him. Well, Jim apparently Lily. Him. Uh, Lily that, likes him. Does she? <laughs> I, I'd even question that, to be honest. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's uh, leave you all to ponder on that, uh, good listeners of Dumpty Dum, whilst we hear from Monty, who's not been around for a few months. Hello, everyone. Monty here. I haven't called in for quite a while, since before lockdown, in fact. It's been quite eventful. I got made redundant and had to find a new job and done that, and uh, everything's fine, so it's all good. But um, it has made me think about the Archers quite a lot. Uh, in fact, what's going on certainly made me a bit more sympathetic with Alice, uh, but also looking at the, the uh, Philip Moss story, I wondered if anyone could give me his number because um, I need some building work done and it's still uh, completely legal in this country to employ a, a builder that you know is using uh, uh, slave uh, labour. So uh, even if Alan knew that the, there were slaves working at the church, uh, he would be absolutely fine. So uh, maybe that's something we ought to change as a country. Um, but anyway, um, I, I really hope that the, it all comes crashing down pretty, pretty quickly now. It's been dragging on for quite some time. And Royfield, I just wanted to say I am completely 100% in your corner as far as this, whether or not Gavin it could, could have any salvation or not. He has knowingly been part of this slavery group uh, for many years, it would appear, and is only now um, coming around to the idea that maybe he should do something about it. Completely unforgivable. He needs to go to prison. They all need to go to prison. Poor Kirsty, but there you go. She does know how to pick them. Anyway, stay safe, everyone, and I'll try and uh, call in uh, a bit sooner next time. Thanks. Bye. Well, congratulations on your new job, Monty. That sounds like you've had a bit of a tumultuous year. So really glad that you've got a job again. Um, I'm not sure you're correct on the legal front in terms of knowingly employing a gang master or um, a person who's in that kind of territory. I'll have to check on the legal guide guidelines on the uh, UK Gov website, because I think if you knowingly employ 
somebody in a gangmaster situation, then you're facilitating a criminal act, aren't you? Quentin, is that right? I'm 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 no employment lawyer, Rosie, but um, you'd think that would be the case, wouldn't you? But um, how often are there these loopholes that have been exploited over the years? I mean, why does it still go on? I guess um, it might go on, but and, and this has actually gained a lot of traction on the tweet along, hasn't it? That um, so much of modern day slavery goes on in plain sight, doesn't it? Um, and we don't really question how we're getting services so cheaply and so easily um so the fact that you know blake and the others are working on the church who's going to question that and especially the church i suppose everybody will think it's that's okay that must be legit mustn't it um but i'd like to think you're right rosie but monty seemed to know what he was talking about you see he, he, he spoke with certainty didn't he um so i think you need to um Go check, Rosie, um, with your legal eagle uh, uh, hat on. I think. Um, I think uh, what he said about the um, the the, the storyline dragging on too long is is right. I think there is now a fatigue amongst the listeners. They want it resolved, a bit like Brexit. Um, and <laughs> I think we we we, we, no, we, no we politics we, on this show, sir. No politics <laughs> on this show. Come on. You, <laughs> I, you, I've, I've never heard any political statements. <laughs> Ever stated on this podcast, Royford, I, I must, I must and, applaud and let's, you. And let's that. keep it that way, Quentin. Yes, yes. Uh, and woe betide any American politics ever, ever being mentioned on these airwaves. Do anyway, I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's yes, it's time to resolve it. I do, and um, I know, Rosie, that you think the secret weapon that needs to be unleashed upon this dreadful man is joy. These dreadful men, really, but particularly Philip, is Joy. Don't you think, Rosie? I think she is the secret weapon. Joy Horville has successfully mounted a sting operation against Timothée in terms yep. of fly-tipping. She's come out of an abusive marriage herself, so she'll recognise the signs that something's not right with Philip. And she's, I think she's generally found to be kind of hovering by the French windows with some flapjacks, just in case. <laughs> so I reckon... Baked by Jill. Baked by Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joy, because Joy's a very caring and interested person, some might call her nosy, but she'll have been <laughs> clocking the stuff with, you know, Philip and Gavin going off to strange places during lockdown. She'll have seen Kirsty going off with Gavin in the car to the imaginary Gamblers Anonymous meeting and coming back, you know, two and a half, three hours later. So Joy's a questioning kind of soul and she's the one that's going to be able to, I think, step in and take some action because nobody else seems to be even vaguely aware about what's going on and you know Harrison Burns you know that lottery ticket was hanging around for about a month so what hope in hell have the kind of good people of Ambridge got in him uncovering a gangmaster situation and dealing with it so no it has to be joy so only joy can bring joy to Ambridge right correct <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't convinced. You know, when he came, Philip came back late from um, sorting out that quote for that job in Hereford. And even Gavin was suspicious, wasn't he? He, he thought, why did it take you so long? And he was talking about reinforced glass or something. Um, I wasn't convinced by his excuse. So I wonder if there's something there that's going to be unraveled as well. I think he was meeting um, his Romanian or Albanian contact to talk about ditching Blake. Ah. 
Yes, yes, we'd forgotten about that. Was well, he wants to offload offload him, doesn't he? Yeah, yes. Yeah, because Good. he's not strong enough. Mm. Yes, yes. So, yeah, uh, some, good, some good points there from Monty. I'm delighted he's got a, a new job as well. Well done, Monty. Mm, I want to know what the, exactly the job is. I, I thought that that was the one salient bit of the, the call uh, that was missing, Monty. So there's an excuse for you, or sorry, a reason. Uh, I implore you, shall I say, that's even more polite, to ring in next week. Tell us exactly what the job is. Big up your new company because they've obviously employed a good one. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Well, it's been a long week. The level of stress has been reminiscent of the moments before the jury announced the fate of Helen in the tuna pasta bake stabbing trial. I want to thank Peter for some kind words of encouragement and support he sent to me during this waiting period. I also chuckled when Auntie Carrie noted that Bernard was soon to decide the fate of Freddie regarding his stately home. I thought, yeah, just like they are soon to decide the outcome of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and thus the election and the fate of this country. It's Friday night already. Come on. I did some research regarding Freddie. He and Lily turned 21 on December 12th, so perhaps that is when he officially inherits Lower Loxley. It does seem a very, very young age for this to occur, and as an aside, awfully unfair to his more capable twin, even if she can be annoyingly controlling at times, but neither twin should be inheriting such an enterprise at such an early stage in their adult development, and I do hope the scriptwriters have delayed it for several years, as Royfield suggested, at least till age 25. Royfield also noted in Facebook that he has taken a 180-degree turn regarding Freddie. I feel like I've turned 135 degrees. You know, it's been over two years since he was sent to jail for his crimes. I think he's matured a lot and has developed this wonderful relationship with Linda. Most characters in Average are a mixture of light and dark, and Freddie can still be whiny at times. I do hope he turns out to be gay and that one day he sets things right with Nola Tondo. Talk to you soon. Oh, that's really sweet about setting things right with Nolatandu because that was a really awful fracture in the familial relationships in Ambridge when Freddie more or less facilitated Nolatandu falling out of a window, which would not have been ideal. And I think it's fair to say that Freddie has changed and matured since his time in prison and his relationship with Linda is achingly lovely. And the fact that both of them we're reacting to the annoying fireworks. I have to say, archer script people, please don't put fireworks in the archers. It's bad enough living with them in real life without them being echoed on Radio 4. But I do think that the relationship between Freddie and Linda is really sweet. And I think she's the one that's really going to have his back when it comes to making a success of an Ambridge Christmas. What did you think, Quentin? Well, I was listening to what Witherspoon had to say about them being twins, because I myself am a twin. I'm an identical twin. And um, my brother is five minutes older than me. So if we were living at Lower Loxley, does that mean he would inherit it over me? Yes, he would get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, this is a great source of uh, uh, contentious 
point between me and my brother because um, without going to getting too biological, we were both coming out at the same time and two doesn't go into one <laughs> when <laughs> twins are being born. <laughs> uh, so um, I got pushed back. And I sat and I stayed in there sulking for five minutes and then came out. So I've always claimed I was denied my birthright. So legally, I wonder, you know, if myself or my brother were um, looking to inherit Lower Loxley, whether I'd have a legal case to say it it, it, it should, should have been me, should have been me. So I, 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 it does jar with me that um, this law of, is it progeniture, I think, uh, means that Lily, Lily is completely denied any look in on this inheritance um, and she seems to be incredibly accepting of it I would have thought it would have been a it would have brought it but been a sort of 20 20 21st century edge if um, Lizzie had sort of thought about whether we could change this or Lily had said oh this isn't right but so she just seems very submissive about it um, well, it's interesting because the Queen had changed the rules, didn't she? So that if Kate Middleton mm, had a daughter, yeah, yeah, from from now on, the first the, if, yeah, if the firstborn first is, is yeah. a daughter, uh, they they will they will in, inherit the crown. Um, so if the royal family can do it, surely to God, Lower Loxley can. Anyway, mm. um, see, so anyway, if Witherspoon is warming to Fweddy like the rest of us are. Um, as you said, he's matured a lot, and that's what I th feel as well. It's st still whiny, yes, I accept that. Uh, Witherspoon is determined that he turns out to be gay, isn't he? <laughs> it will make Witherspoon's day if if um, if um, Freddie turns out to is. Uh, but who's his yeah, ideal partner gay. in Ambridge, though? Because Rory's oh. not gay. Ben might see, be. I, ben I, might be gay. He's, you see, I, I had Ben and Rory down as, as a potential gay couple. I really did. Um, because they, there, was a, there was a lot of love between them, wasn't it, I thought. But, it's, um, but then, you know, yeah, Rory's... Oh, they're cousins. Are they? Yeah. Oh, no, they're not. Because it's... <laughs> it's um, yeah, no, because it's not actually uh, Jennifer's biological child, so they're not actually related. So that would work. Yeah. You see, I thought that, I thought that was being teed up as a potential relationship and then suddenly ben's obsessed with with chasing lots of different girls apparently out of his league according to his was it sister or his mum and his sister <laughs> yeah. and his dad Wait a yeah, really boosting Did really Ruth boosting his self-esteem say that ben no that that was pip come on rose i know One you've got a steel trap mind for all this type of stuff but surely ruth did not say that ben chases women out of his league that was pip one of them did. I think, I think it was, was Pip, Pip, but also certainly. Ruth. No, yeah. because Ruth was talking about it with Lizzie, and both of them were kind of laughing at their inept male children and of their lack of ability with the opposite sex. So both Ruth and Lizzie have been, oh, look at our boys. They're so crap with women. And there have been no kind of like, you know, ding dong moments of maybe that's because they like men. They Not so far right. anyway. This is getting a bit of traction, isn't it? What are the indications are that Freddie might be gay? Because I, I, my, I haven't picked them up. Is it just because he's interested in producing a Christmas show? <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be the. Only... Well, that's about it. I've seen no other. I've seen. Well, he must be there, mustn't? I mean, I've seen no other indi any other indications at all. And I think it's just the absence of any talk about um, fancying anybody when he was at uh, college or or whatever. I think it's it's the absence of him talking about you know having a thing for anybody for any woman shall we say 
But I, I agree with you, Quentin. The, the evidence seems pretty scant, really. It's thin. Yeah. It's thin. Um, it's wafer thin. Hey. It's wafer thin. Maybe he secretly fancies Russ. <laughs> oh, that's a thought, wasn't it? <laughs> that would be incredibly delicious. If the script writers could pull that off and make it believable. <laughs> oh, dear God. That would be oh. a, 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 a switcheroo for the ages. Um, I just made myself feel sick. <laughs> um, bringing up the rear, last caller in a row this week, it's Lady Garf Garf. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Lady Garf Garf here. I wanted to make uh, one observation and one plot prediction. My observation is that if circumstances and sexualities were different, uh, can you imagine Pip and Adam being a couple? The amount of moaning and self-pity we would hear from them, and I think the village would just get fed up with them and we wouldn't hear anything from them again. My second plot prediction is that Rex will ask Home Farm for some land for his business and then he will be in close contact with Alice and then might become a shoulder to cry on for her. Anyway, probably won't happen, but thought that might spark some discussion. Thank you very much for everything you're doing and hope everyone's safe. Bye. Rescuing Ambridge from Adam and Pip, that would be amazing. But are they not related as well? Yes, are they, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they did couple up, I mean, what will, what would we moan about? I mean, they are the, our main source of moaning, aren't they, those two? So we would miss them. Uh, but I like the idea of them <laughs> um, becoming a couple uh, and moaning um, in, uh, in, magnif- in a magnified sense. But it, they, they would be moaning not... <laughs> Not in the right way, would they? Not, 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 not in a bedroom way. But... Ew. <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy size for all the wrong reasons. Blimey. So we've got Pip and Adam and we've got Freddie and Russ. Blimey. <laughs> this is getting Incest really mixed up. Russ. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, yes. We can't have Pip and Adam hooking up because we'd have nothing to moan about. So sorry, Lady Garf Garf. No, no, we cannot have that. Um Rex getting some land on home farm to get closer to Alice. I've never thought of that one. Uh, was there any, was there anything between Rex and Alice? No, I can't. Nothing's happened. So. I, um, I think Rex moving to home farm might lead us towards learning more about the gills potentially. Ah, oh, yes. Because what's gills. happened to them? I was having the same thought. Gills, surely they've got to be brought in at some stage. But they're not the one, are, are they now? The, 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 the moment's gone on the gills. But are they going to be a secret weapon in the new year? They're going to be unleashed on Ambridge, and we're going to finally I find that out. Was the that... roof. I thought the roof was a secret weapon at the new year. If you just wanted to, like, you know, offload a character, or maybe they'll substitute that for the church steeple, and it will be one of the horses, and then the whole slavery storyline will come crashing around. But do you think maybe Philip is working for the gills? He could be. Ooh. And they did rip out Jenny Darling's wine fridge, didn't they? And just leave yeah. it in the garden. Yeah, which was disgraceful. <laughs> it was disgraceful. <laughs> it was, I, was, I was in shock for a week after that. Um, but I also, I, talking of Rex, I, I think, you know, that I, there's still something between him and Pip. You know, often when there's 
a big argument, a bust up, a rage between two people. There's something there, isn't there? There's a bit of a fire. And I wonder if ultimately still Rex and Pip will get together. Because he certainly, there's something between them, isn't there? Um, at the moment, he, he obviously loathes her, but um, I, don't th- I don't think that's been completely extinguished, do you? Does Rex deserve Pip? No. I don't think so. But do you think he still fancies her? I don't think so. I think it's just, he's just a really lovely man. He is. And he's just kind and considerate. He, deser- he, deserves a, he deserves a break, doesn't he, that one? For sure. He does. I I, th- I think this I think it'll be rekindled between them ultimately. I think rekindled. Mm. Did it ever start? Oh, th- th- there was something between them. I thought, yeah, especially from him. It was all very repressed because he had to stand back, didn't he? Because Toby was the father of the child and all that. But whenever he was with Pip and was holding the baby, he sensed there was a yearning, a longing. I think from Rex. I, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more about that, but. Haven't we had this storyline before with the Grundy brothers? Hasn't stopped them before, has it? <laughs> <laughs> Grundy That's what gold. we said at the top, wasn't it? <laughs> Grundy gold, <laughs> it keeps coming round. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, good listeners of uh, Dum De Dum Land, I have to uh, admonish you this week because we've had not one, not two, not three. We've had none at all in terms of emails, no electronic messages for our Rosie Porty uh, to read out. So, um, as I said, um, not happy. Um, this is this is the space. If if you don't quite feel confident enough to dip your toe uh, into SpeakPipe, you can uh, send a text via the number which is given at the start at the end of the show, or you can actually write an email. And not one of you, there's 40,000 of you buggers, and not one of you has decided to send one in this week. So Rosie's got nothing to read out. She feels underemployed, don't you, Rosie? I'm crying. Well, Boo-hoo. No. <laughs> there you go. She's <laughs> distraught, and that's your fault, listener. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So um, it's time that we do this. It's a bit of a social media roundup, and it's Lillian. Dulcet tones of Top Loader fade nicely into the background. I say to you, hello. It's Lillian here calling from the northeast, from Middlesbrough, with this week's social media roundup. And I thought that I would start off by hitting you with some statistics. If I can have the first slide, please. Thank you. We have 767 new members in the group in total at the moment. We have had 5,217 posts and 95 top contributors. So having said that, let's then get on to analysing some of your lovely contributions. Starting off with Mr Witherspoon, who wonders... If Philip and Gavin's workers will seek sanctuary in the church, some people seem to think that Shula would be on the lookout for signs that things are not what they seem since Kirsty opened up to her. A lot of you are now becoming weary and tired of this storyline. This has been brought about mainly because... The actor that plays Gavin, Gary Pierce, is also doubling up at the moment as Todd Grimshaw in Coronation Street. And I think this is causing people to sense that there is going to be an end in sight. Karen Cunningham would like someone, anyone, to bring it to an end. A swift conclusion, even. Please. Mia Fox, meanwhile, is discussing Eddie Grundy and asks what is it about him she says he's a rogue a liar and a cheat and usually on the kipper belt of legality he is manipulative but we love him I know his mindset and actions are as a result of his response to his economic and social position but does this justify his behavior Gillian Bell is a relatively new listener, having started listening during the monologues, which she liked. She asks whether, on the Alice front, with Emma and Ed knowing she was very drunk many times during what would have been 
the early stage of her pregnancy, that they hadn't said anything, especially Emma, to her mother or brother. Many people responded, and the consensus being that they both tried, but no one would believe them, so they gave up. And as we know, that resulted in Emma and Chris falling out spectacularly. Right, now on to our polls. And we've had quite a few polls this week. My poll that I put up on Friday asks, what kind of Christmas show would you prefer to see? If you haven't voted on this, please go and have a look and vote on it. Thanks to those who already have. In addition to this, there's some discussion on the Academic Archers group as to whether people would like the Saturday lockdown Zooms resume during the second period of lockdown. So do respond to that, anyone who's in both groups. On our flip chat group, there's a lot of fun discussion going on, particularly surrounding double meanings, things that mean different things when they are said in different countries. Like about keeping your pecker up means something very different in America than it means in England. So do go on to the flip chat group and have a look at some of those messages because they're quite fun. In addition, there are also all the podcasts are available on flip chat for you to go in and have a listen to. So it's well worth downloading the flip chat group. That is it from me for this week. So as usual, stay safe and we will be back next week with Elsa. Goodbye for now. Lillian, thank you for that. You were rather chirpy this week, weren't you? I think uh, Mr. Lillian has put something in your coke or is tickling your fancy. You're proper giggly. <laughs> well done. Uh, now, Quentin, normally uh, the honour of Tweet of the Week or at least tweets of the week, uh, fall upon uh, Pete Ficklin. Uh, but Pete Ficklin is elsewise engaged this week. So I believe it's your turn, sir. Well, um, they were a bit thin on the ground this week because I think people got caught out with the earliest start. Um, in fact, uh, Jane Bramley, uh, I noticed she tweeted, uh, she said, missed the Archer's omnibus today, way too knackered to wake up in time. Now lying here listening on catch up and it's entirely possible I'll be asleep again in a moment. So I think Jane pretty much summed up the mood. Lots of people got caught out by the earliest start because of the remembrance commemorations. But some did come in and uh, caught my eye and... Um, a couple of them are from, from people who I don't normally see pop up on the tweet along, so it's good to see them. So uh, in reverse order, as is the way, um, in, in third place, uh, the, the bronze prize goes to Sam Kelpai, who tweets at Sam Kelpai1. And uh, she says, there better be a flipping pyramid or last resting place of Cleopatra buried in that field at the very least for this amount of David and roof moaning. Just saying. <laughs> so I, I, agree, <laughs> I agree with her on that. <laughs> they better find something in that damn field. Uh, in, in silver place, 
Um, second place goes to a uh, regular tweeter, Josh Tambini Esquire, who tweets at Slack Allen. And he says, what sort of utopia does Kirsty think it's going to be? No offence to Wales. Living in a remote cottage with a slave master with no Wi-Fi and eating turnips. More cold comfort farm. So that's his... Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he thinks there. Welsh idyll is going to be. Uh, but in, in gold place I, uh, this week, I would like to award to uh, Karen Bode. She tweets at Hacky Jakes, uh, as in uh, carry on by the looks of it. And uh, she tweeted this. Uh, I can see it now. Here are William. You'll have to help. Put on one of Carrie's dresses and a hat. Knock on at Brookfield, say you're collecting for the orphanage and distract them while I climb in through the pantry window and retrieve me detector. So I think that's a reflection on Eddie's (laughs) gettings on. So Karen Bode is our gold tweet of the week this week. Well done all. So it's uh, time to start wrapping things up. It's been a momentous week in America, if not in Ambridge. It's been a quiet week, but you know what? You can't have it all, can you? We can't have earth-shattering, world-changing events and then big things happening in Ambridge as well. It'd just be, it'd just be too much. I think it's probably right and proper that uh, things were a little bit more quiet in Borsitshire this week. Uh, so uh, it's uh, dumdum.com. Now, I've got awesome news. Are you waiting? Are you like all pumped and excited, Rosie, for this awesome news that I've got? I am beyond excited. How about Is you, Quentin? Uh, no, no. I, am, I am so pumped, Royfield. Ooh. I'm pumping. You, you, you sound like you're pumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. What are you pumping? <laughs> Right, right then, I, right then, I wasn't Rosie. You know. <laughs> well, do you remember, good dumby dum listener, some weeks ago that I was taken to task about the fact that people could not sign up to dumdydum dot com? Yes, yes. Well, Miranda was was very upset. She wasn't the only one. Uh, there was right. Sarah Cowan from over there in Oklahoma, in the good old US of A. Just about four states along from where I am right now. Anyway, uh, it's fixed. Jesse has fixed it. And guess what? We have more exciting news. Not only can you now log on to uh, com, and you can basically go and create your profile page again like you could in the good old days. But folks, just, just hold fire on that just for now, right? Tractor is coming back. Yes, the big map of the world where you can pin yourself to it and then see which other dumdy dumbers live close by and then message them and organize meetups. Jesse is working on it as we create this podcast. And I've seen version uh, one of Jesse's new map and I pinned myself to it and it worked. But it's all going to work with your profile. So don't all rush to dumdydum.com just now and uh, go and log on. Just wait another week or so, and you'll be able to have Tractor. It's going to be back, folks. It's going to be exciting. It means that if you're in, let's say, Portobello, and you know that there's this character called Rosie Porty, who's also from Portobello, you can maybe, like, message them via dumdum.com and say, would you like to have a coffee? Now, I know there's a lockdown, but, you know, in normal times, in normal times. We can have a coffee on the prom. There you go. So we're allowed to have a coffee outside in the balmy sunshine of Edinburgh in November. Awesome. Well, so uh, just just whilst I'm on this, Rosie, um, did you have you messaged uh, the other 
Portobello Dum de Dumber. If you guys actually, um, you know, had some kind of meeting online, you don't have Maybe to. Maybe you could introduce us somehow. Oh, okay. Right. Well, that I feel a whole load of pressure. But but the whole point is with with, the, with this system is that um, well once it, Tractor is up and running, I can ping her. There you go. There you go. True talk. True that. Uh, just just wait another week, folks, and um, you'll be able to do wondrous new things on dumdydum.com. Uh, the other thing to say is that Christmas is coming and the shop is open. It's taking orders. So if you'd like to uh, buy a loved one a mug, a T-shirt, uh, something that says, I'm one of Quentin's, what what bit of alliteration can we use for, it's, it's a tricky, your name's tricky, isn't it, Quentin? Mm. It is tricky. It's wonderful, but it's tricky if you want a quick pun. You have to really think about Quint- it. Quint- Quixotic yeah. Quentin. Oh, I like that. There you go. Quint- Quentin Quirk. Um, uh, no. I, like, um, I prefer Quixotic. I like Quixotic. I like it too. Right, so there you go. I'm going to whack that on a mug. And uh, so if you want a mug that says Quixotic uh, Quentin, uh, <laughs> go on to dumdum.com, purchase it for Christmas. I, I look forward to the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying one. <laughs> um so, so there you go, dumdum.com. Also, another wondrous thing uh, you can do, folks, is uh, go on to Patreon. And Patreon uh, allows um, a certain amount of lucre to come into the Dum Dum coffers, which means that um, we can pay for things like website development, you know, because a good old Jesse over there in Reno, he lives in Reno, Nevada. Would you believe it? You know, when you think of, when you think of uh, Nevada... Quentin, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is Biden going to take it? Well, he, he has taken it. It's been called. He has taken it. Good. good. Yeah. I was, that was one of them I was waiting was that for. the first thing that night, came to mind? Night. <laughs> right now it does, yeah. Well, right okay. now, yes. Right, well, here's the image that I was trying to paint for you. Uh, describe the topography of Nevada. Me? Yes, uh, you. I'm thinking big, wide, open spaces, probably with a hint of the Grand Canyon, uh, with a touch of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, that sort of feel. To okay, it. Big, big, big spaces. Where, where I was going for this, and Rosie's going to back. Thank you, deserts, cactuses. It, ah, okay. He had had their first snow of the, the winter on Saturday. I was speaking to Jesse. I was wow. like, How's it going, mate? And he said it snowed. I'm like, what? You're in Reno. So there <laughs> you go. Shocker, shocker, climatic Maybe. shocker. There you go. Uh, so, is that their is that their first snow in in, in ages? Yeah, well, I was too busy being dumbfounded and then mm. worrying about Tractor and him fixing the website. I forgot to follow up with that very obvious uh, rejoinder, but I just I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I said, uh, have you fixed the website? And he said, yeah. So uh, anyway, so that's the reason why you got to go into patreon.com because it means that uh, things can get fixed around here at Dum De Dum Towers. Now, Rosie Porty, the next bit is in red. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message or send a text message starting with Dum to... 07786-200690. Quentin Rayner, the yes. man of the suave voice. He, he read out tweets of the week, which belies a deep, salient truth. 
Twitter was where Dum De Dum began. And uh, you like the Twitters, don't you, Quentin? Yes, uh, I'm afraid I, I'm a... But don't apologise. Don't apologise. I, I, I attend uh, t- Twitterholics, yes, anonymous. Um, <laughs> or not so I'm on anonymous. It. I looked... I, I looked at my screen time yesterday and was appalled by how much time I spend on Twitter, so I, I need I need to uh, cut back. Um, but yeah, I like I like the old the old the old Twitters. Yes. Hey, are you in part spending more time a tweeting because uh, you've got your golden carriage clock from the Beeb? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm on it more because of of of, of the archers. I think. <laughs> That's that's what's to mainly to blame, and I've I've it now gets to a point where if I don't tweet, I get people saying, "Oh, why didn't you tweet?" So sometimes I try and rein in on it, and then you get nagged as to why you're not tweeting. So you can't win either way. But it's nice that people seem to miss you when you when you're not on. But uh, I don't think I'm tweeting any any more or less since I I, I left the embrace of Auntie uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Rosie, you're relatively new to the Twitters. Um... How are you finding, other than, you know, thoroughly enjoyable and it totally immersive, but um, give us another adjective. Distracting. So it's quite difficult to get away from it when there are political events happening. Mm-hmm. And also when, if you wake up at four in the morning and you're worrying about Krusty and you then start Googling <laughs> women's aid refuges, which is what I did the other morning. You're taking I didn't it. start tweeting. Until five o'clock. <laughs> I have to say, she she's a she's a, a a late adopter. Royfield is Rosie, but she's already made her mark because every week, uh, Ambridge Analytica puts out a whole load of stats about the most prolific tweeters. I have never made it onto that pie chart, um, but Rosie is now consistently on it. I've noticed, so she is tweeting like a dervish, Ooh. aren't you, Rosie? Just can't stop. You can't. <laughs> I think uh, you've been on it, what, two or three times now? Yeah, um, I'm in the Battenberg cake. Yeah, you are, virtually every week. Um, So uh, you've really really adopted it, haven't you, Rosie? I have to say. Yes, I'm a late adopter, but a consummate utiliser. Oh, God, lovely bit of corporate speak. Love it. Oh, well done, well done. Well, after that uh, drum roll for the pair of you, you're going to have to give us your Twitter handles first. You, Mr. Rayner? I'm at Quentin Rayner. I better spell it after the, after the quixotic um, <laughs> um, moment. Um, so I'm at, at Quentin Rayner. That's Q-U-E-N-T-I-N-R-A-Y-N-E-R, which I'd like you to note as well, Royfield, because you will spell me O-R. So I'm at Quentin Rayner. Okay. All right. I, I did notice that on the script, that little little change in real time. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And I changed it straight away. Yes. Well done. And how about you, Rosie? So I'm at Porty Rosie. So that's at P-O-R-T-Y-R-O-S-I-E. And uh, if you can be asked, I'm at Royfield. Uh, spell that however you want. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, you can find us at Dumb D Dumb. Whenever you're, you're tweeting about the archers, like addicts like me and Rosie, uh, you must please use the capitalised hashtag of hashtag the archers. In other words, capital T and capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. And 
without these capitals, it's, it, it comes across really as gobbledygook for them. So it's a really big help. So please use the capitalised hashtag of The Archers. Thank you. Now, um, Facebook. Right, enough said. Uh, you can find Dum Dum on Facebook. <laughs> Quite simply, just type in Dum Dum on that media platform, social media platform, and you'll find some Dum Dum on Facebook. Uh, just a quick note. Obviously, the UK has gone into a second lockdown, um, which is um, somewhat at variance because things are slowly opening up here in, in California. Uh, however, we will be instituting um, some Friday Zooms, not weekly like we did at the height of uh, the first lockdown, um, but I'm just waiting back on Angus and Ben uh, to uh, confirm when they can do a Friday Zoom and we will have some Friday Zoom action. Um, just a quick uh, other note to say that um, why don't we just like big yourself up if you're part of the Flick App Posse. It's nice to see that people are using the Flick app. Um, if you're wondering what the hell is a Flick app, it's your companion. It's your little little friendly app on your phone, quite simply. You've got loads of dum-de-dummers just talking about, uh, dare I say, shits and giggles on there. And if you like movies, uh, why don't you join uh, the film club? which happens um, on Sundays. I think it's the first Sunday of every month. And we're going to be uh, reviewing the film Chicago 7 um, at the start of December. So um, if you want to just like, if you've got a passion, if you've got an interest, log on to the said flick app and uh, create a thread. So I like moving home from one bit of Portobello to another. And invariably, there'll be somebody else who lives in Portobello, has maybe moved home from one part of Portobello in Edinburgh to another. And uh, you can just become pals. You can talk about that, maybe swap some pictures and all that kind of good stuff. So that's the type of thing you can do on the flick app. So big up to the flick app posse, Rosie. Yes. Anything you'd like to share with the listeners, maybe impending house move or uh, you want to talk about um, buying new electronic equipment on a Monday or just is there anything? My life. I think I'm just well, I'm, I'm hopefully moving house on the 11th of December, staying in Portobello and hopefully moving somewhere with a big garden. So once we're allowed to meet up in less constrained circumstances, I'm hoping for a summer barbecue at Porty Rosie's new place. Uh, is that invitation thrown out to all Dumpty Dummers within uh, Lothian? It's to any Dumpty Dummer around the world. Good heavens. So you, you, you're going to be paying for people's flights to come into... Uh, no, I'm not. So this oh, is okay. a... <laughs> Yes, the You've kind got of to be clear with this stuff. Budget doesn't quite cover that, <laughs> which is a shame. We'd, we'd need a few more Patreons for that, wouldn't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Rayner, um, obviously, uh, you know, you're. Do you stare at your gold carriage clock after all those years <laughs> of service? Do you stare at it like on a, an hourly basis? You know, how does it feel to be out of the newsroom? Um, it's 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 a it's a wrench. I mean, I, I worked for the BBC for thirty six years, so it's 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 more than a job. It's it's a it's a way of life, really, and it's, it was my vocation. Um, but uh, I feel very comfortable with the decision. It was the right time to do it. I, it was my decision, and uh, I and a number of other 
colleagues uh, decided to leave the BBC. You might have read that uh, the BBC is, has had, is having to make a lot of cuts, so it offered voluntary redundancy, and many of us stepped forward to take it. And for me personally, it was the right time. I'd already gone part-time last year, so I was beginning to ease myself out. But um, I, I sort of promised myself I would wean myself off news I just chose a bad week to do it you know (laughs) I've I've crawled to bed well I stayed up all night Tuesday uh, for a start and didn't I didn't go to bed on Wednesday so I just I was up for 24 hours and then the next two nights stayed up as well so uh, I clearly have uh, got quite a long way to go before I wean myself off but um um no, it'll, it'll it'll take a bit of time. The shock was uh, within 24 hours of leaving the BBC. Um, all, all my BBC apps disappeared from my phone along with my BBC email, which was a bit of a, 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 a pulled you up a bit because suddenly that access that you'd had for so many years was was gone. I, just, well, I expected it. it was, that's the way it goes. But uh, four of us left on the same day and we all had the same experience. So it's little things that pull you up. But um I'm no, I'm 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 happy with the decision, and uh, I shall uh, you know keep my hand in by doing things like this. Fab. All right then, folks. Uh, that's been your dumpty dum this week. There's Quentin. You know, it's uh, old man Quentin. No, officially a senior citizen. Oh you know, <laughs> towel over his towel over his knees. There. Oh, you know, I need a good libel. I need a libel lawyer. There is one. Quick Get me a libel. Quentin lawyer. does not have a towel <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh dear, you what know. an image. Sat on, his, sat on his commode. You know. <laughs> And the bath chair as well. Recounting yeah. <laughs> the early days of working side by side with Lord Reith as the BBC started. And then there oh, good is, old Lord uh, Reith. Yeah. And yeah. there's our Rosie Porty, you know, going on to pastures new, not looking back, you know, and inviting the whole world, the whole 40,000 of our monthly listeners to her place next summer. Let's just hope that this vaccine that uh, the government have just announced works, because as I said, then we'll all be able to get round to Rosie Porties uh, next year and have a right royal piss up. But I don't know. Will you be able to get up there? Oh, you'll have your free bus pass, won't you, Quentin? I think I get... I th- I think I get I think I get that next year, yes. But thank you, Rosie. I have bought a swanky new bike that um well I, I wouldn't cycle to Edinburgh in it. No, it's, it's a mountain bike bargain, far too heavy. Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, there you go, folks. Um and now because I think you all know, um not only do I spend at least half of my year in the United States, I actually quite like the place. I love the energy, I love the people. And um some years ago, um, what set me on this journey of falling in love with California and with uh, the US of A was uh, the election of Barack Obama, or at least um, the fact that um, a man with his name and with his skin color could run to be the president of the United States. And that set me dreaming. Um, as a black Brit uh, from Birmingham, I said, bloody hell, you know, the sky is the limit. We can achieve anything. And this is a land of hope and a land of opportunity. These are all cliches which the Americans tell, tell themselves. So it's only right and proper that after four dystopian years, hope 
has been uh, delivered back to the American people. So I'm going to play out with a rousing bit of music, not only for uh, my American brethren, for my neighbours here in the Bay Area, but also for the world. Welcome back, America. There we go, folks. There's a dum-de-dum for you. Uh, I'm going to hit stop on the record. For spacious sky, for amber waves of green, for purple mountain majesty. nation have spoken. They've delivered us a clear victory, a convincing victory, a victory for we the people. We've won with the most votes ever cast on presidential ticket in the history of the nation. 74 million. What I must admit has surprised me. Tonight, we're seeing all over this nation, all cities and all parts of the country, indeed across the world, an outpouring of joy, of hope, renewed faith in tomorrow, bring a better day. Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. <laughs> and it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers back up for no reason. This is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. You know, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. That was a lot of people that felt they couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know. And you're going to the store and, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you, and you're worried about your kids, and you're worried about your sister. And, and can she just go to Walmart and, and get back into the, her car without somebody saying something to her? And, 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 and you spent so much of your life energy just trying to hold it together. And this is a big deal for us just to be able to get some peace. <laughs> 